Hello and welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast, the podcast that celebrates and elaborates on our odd interests. I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Ray Bell. And today's guest was Adrian Earhart, comedian, psychonaut, and cannabis professional. Uh, Adrian hosts a weekly live cannabis talk show called Bud Box on Prohibited's Facebook page. And her guilty pleasure don't know if you guessed it by this or not, is psychedelics. <laughs> Hooray! If you'd like to contact us, you can always email us at guiltypleasurepodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Guilty Pleasure Podcast. But more importantly, guys, if you like what you're hearing, mm-hmm. hey, go ahead, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Be delightful. We would really like it. I mean, Amanda and I loved it. We actually text each other when we get a new mm-hmm. review. We're like, I'm like, Amanda, we got a new picks. review. And she just gets so excited. And it just makes our day. It just makes our mm-hmm. days move a little bit smoother. So, yeah. I mean, if you are ever sitting around saying, oh, my gosh, what can I get my favorite two podcast hosts as a gift for saying, hey, thanks for making oh all this gosh. really great free content, just leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, my God. The best gift. Best gift. Let us know what psychedelics you've used. A beautiful gift. Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> for me you can't my mother sent me in a shoebox a couple of months ago like all of these pieces of jewelry from my childhood and but then she put them in these little plastic baggies and labeled them she's like from your first holy communion that's adorable from your baptism she's like giving me like a bracelet or something that i received at my baptism and i was like that's such an awkward thing to be like is that catholic here. or christian or both or uh we're Catholic, yeah. we're Roman Catholic, so you know, you all get of gold it. all over the place. Apparently, huh? explains Apparently. why Italians are always dripping in gold. That's I'm I'm Italian. That's what it probably was. They're just like, here I'm you Jewish. go. <laughs> so I have a trust fund, but I don't have gold. You know, you don't you don't have you that cross. Gold. You see, the the difference here is you put your gold in a safe place. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Italians are like, let's drape it on the baby. Yeah, drape like it on a baby. I wore that as a baby, and then she sent me my hospital bracelet, and she like wrote this card. She's like to buy an engagement ring and max was so upset because he's like we're not gonna sell your hospital bracelet Aww. and i'm like that that's not Oof. that's just because she gave that to me like you that has no value that's precious <laughs> wait your hospital bracelet is like the plastic bracelet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. can't sell who would, that who would no. buy that some we... some creep some creepy some creepy pedo. dude yeah some some somebody would if i put that on the internet somebody would buy it they'll smell it i can still uh, smell your baby skin yeah, yeah. from oh. 1985 mm. creepy it was a great year for baby smell heck yeah it was it was great it was a vintage year um welcome <laughs> <laughs> thank you welcome to the podcast welcome to the pod da, da, da. um so yeah are we are we rolling we're rolling oh, man we got it you i guys. i usually give everyone like a little lowdown, but you, yeah. you've got the headphones on you're staying close to the mic you know what you're doing done this hundreds of times you've done hundreds this hundreds of thousands you're, you of are times. a podcast pro so <laughs> welcome to the guilty pleasure podcast thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for coming on <laughs> um why don't we just start out and you tell the audience what your guilty pleasure is okay um 
or I'm going to use that word guilty pleasure, although I don't really feel very guilty about it. That's, That's all okay. right. The only thing that we require is that people feel passionate about the thing they're talking about. Okay. So it's not necessarily guilty. Feel passionate about psychedelics. Yeah. Psychedelics. <laughs> so psychedelics meaning psychedelic drugs like mushrooms, acid, peyote, rap, rape. What else? Combo, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Ibogaine, cannabis. Can oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Would that be considered? Yes. Oh, great. Great. Okay. Great. All right. Great. Amazing. So when did you first open up your uh, your world to your world to the wonderful world of psychedelics? Well, I did it briefly in my early 20s um, with bad people and bad experiences and and therefore was turned off from it for a long time, except for cannabis. That's been a lifelong, uh, lifelong relationship. Yes. A really healthy <laughs> one. 17. Yeah. Nice. I attribute that to a lot of my um, healthy relationships that I keep, you know, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm an unbearable personality sometimes. So the cannabis helps me make friends and keep them and, and keep them for years yes. and years and years. Yeah. I People Some... I smoked with the first time are still my friends. That's amazing. And that's just because you keep giving them more and more weed for in sure. everything. Like, Definitely. You're like, hey, would you want that's some That's what chips? it is. Yeah. <laughs> Only reason. How about some guacamole? Would you like yeah. some water? You have no. like no. mad water. snacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'll keep them coming back. Drug too. snacks for sure. Yeah. Um, and by the way, somebody who does psychedelics frequently is called a psychonaut. Ooh, yeah. that's a tidbit I do. Psycho N A U T, like an astronaut psychonaut. Oh, I think I like of it because like you are going to space in your brain. So I dig it. Psychonaut. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a big part of my life. It's definitely contributed to uh, the relatively chill person that you see sitting in front of you today. You think it like manages your 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 highs and your lows? You Def like? It was definitely trauma treatment. Um, cool. I was on um, pharmaceutical pills for 10 years, mm -hmm. different cocktails and variations and therapy and all that. And it was the psychedelics that really brought me out. And I'm like a different, I'm a person who doesn't have trauma that sits on them anymore. That's awesome. Yes. That's so, awesome. And I keep transforming people into the cannabis and psychedelics as opposed to Xanax and Ambien and all that. Yeah. Well, I was reading up on it a little bit and them talking about acid in particular and using it for trauma mm -hmm. and and being able to work through things mm -hmm. and what it originally was intended for and then what it turned out what ter people turned it into and the negative um stigma that goes with it you go know? ask alice mm -hmm. go ask alice. that book did you read that book fuck yeah i read, I that, book. read that book mm -hmm. you read that book mm -hmm. it's a great book Somebody, my English teacher, I was reading it in an alleyway in Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, next to my high school, and my English teacher walked past Amanda me. Amanda was in Allentown, Pennsylvania, in an, in alley. an alley, <laughs> next to a Catholic school. <laughs> reading Go Ask It's a Alex. lot of alliteration. It's a lot of, it's a lot, yes. Alliteration. A lot of alliteration. Reading and, about acid. Yeah, reading about acid and being like, what am I doing here in Allentown, Pennsylvania? And my teacher walks by and he goes, that's a lie. I was like, what? He goes. Yeah, that book's fake. That's like propaganda. So apparently, like a bunch of, he was like a bunch of old white men wrote it to scare kids not to do drugs. Mm -hmm. That's what he told me. Is that true? Didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. It Did actually. Not work. I mean, if they really didn't want people to take acid, they should have just like made commercials of like white old dudes doing acid, like yeah. dads <laughs> doing acid. Yeah. That would have yeah. totally turned everyone off to it. If you have dads doing it, then most likely it's gonna be like, meh. All right, maybe not for me. Dads on acid are very handsy. I bet. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I bet. Have you been around I a lot bet. of dads on yeah. acid? I go to raves all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And frequently there's comedy and raves at the same time. You've so told me about this show before, bunch, yeah. Yeah, there's, there are more, more of them all over now. Um, and then I go to like regular raves and like warehouses and stuff. It's a safe place where you can do drugs and they have water and other people who are on the same things as you. And typically it's like a... 
if you see something, say something. Like people walk over and be like, "Hey, man, I know you look like a dragon, but like you can't touch that girl." You know, so there's yeah. a lot of like safe safeness there, safety. And um, there's a lot of old people, a lot of forty plus walking around in really expensive furs. People with money who are like, "I'm bored." Yeah. Let's, let's go find a, a unicorn to fuck in the bedroom. Can I curse? I'm sorry. Yes, yes all can. the time. The whole thing. Cool. Um, so there's a lot of like older men there. And like if you see me dancing on Molly on the middle of the dance floor, you might think that maybe I'm single and maybe I'm DTF and maybe you want to touch my fake fur vest and stuff. And I have to constantly turn around and be like, no, thank you. I don't really <laughs> nope. like being touched. I'm married. So, but thank yeah. you. But thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. It's a compliment, really, yeah. is what you're just going to take as a compliment. Sure. Yeah. Wow. And they're they're not necessarily predatory, but they're very actively focused on on finding somebody to, to come get yeah. weird with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think you bring up a really interesting point because as we go into like the whole psychedelic world, you know, the rave world, and you're also a burner as mm -hmm. well. You go to Burning Man. Um, you know, there's this group of people that are sometimes very like loving and accepting and all about consent. And, but there's also like sometimes this toxic group that inserts themselves into these scenarios and they predators. can kind of predators and can kind of like screw up the whole vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's actually a really interesting thing back to what you just said, how your first experience with psychedelics was with not the best people. Mm -hmm. And now you've, um, had better experiences. So mm -hmm. I would love if you could talk a little bit about that, that background. Dude, it's so important to have a good environment good people, people who care about you and want you to have a good experience and like the right gear and equipment and the right time of day, the right frame of mind. Um, I, I feel like I guru people a lot because I want you to have a good time and then go with your other friend who's scared and have a good time and not be on drugs. And when I was younger, it was like I got them uh, secretly given to me. Which oh, is like the yeah. least fun thing that could ever happen. So and then you it was, were drugged, basically. I was basically drugged. Not with the intention of raping. Just with the intention of like, she says she's too scared to do this. Let's just give it to her and see like how it goes. Oof. What'd you get? Uh, it was acid. <sighs> oh my God. And it was like a little more than I probably would have taken now. I know my dosage. I know that I have a very sensitive liver. So I don't really need very many drugs. So I'm a super cheap date. And... Um, it was horrible and scary and I didn't know what was happening and the other people around me were on drugs too. So they were like just enjoying themselves, having a good time and nobody cared that I was having a bad time. Mm -hmm. And it like really, really turned me off. And I went back to pharmaceuticals to deal with my issues because I was now extra haunted, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was not helpful. Um, I ended up taking a little bit of ecstasy once when I was younger as well. But we had a bad batch of beans in high school and a couple kids died Ooh. at like a, not my oh. high school, but like a neighboring high school. And like everybody's dealers are the same. I'm from Florida. So I, I got scared from that. So I didn't do yeah, I ecstasy for a long time. But Molly has been like very instrumental in trauma treatment, um, especially in, in small doses. So I don't hang out with those people, obviously, anymore who gave me things without me knowing. And I will never hang out with somebody who has ever done that to somebody. That's the most horrible thing I can think of, you know, yeah. to do. Even just not telling me it's a pot brownie. I had that happen once, too. That was horrifying. Yeah, you're like, what the hell's going on? That's incredible. I've never had that experience, but I... You're not from Florida. Even, I'm, not pro I'm not. I lived there for two months and that's all, that's all I needed. And I was like, peace out. And that's like a really thing. That's a thing to, to, to consider, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, I feel like psychedelics have this stigma and you have people that have like a very judgmental attitude about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back just like, you know, whatever you want to do, as long as like it's only affecting you, as long as you're just okay with what's happening to you, like, I don't care what you do. Yeah, you have but to trying consent to, to it, I feel but like. But if you insist or if you drug other people, like, I don't 
don't care if you're giving someone like you're slipping someone acid because you think they're scared or if you're literally drugging a girl at a bar like there's no difference in my opinion Mm -hmm. because I think someone in order to like has to consent to being having an out of body experience Mm -hmm. Um, and also to your point about modeling ecstasy I've read countless studies which I will actually include the links to in the description of this episode um, where they are actually being used to treat soldiers who have come back from um, uh, the Afghanistan and Iraq wars for PTSD. PTSD. Nice. And it's like, and I know acid also was used back in the early 60s and 70s for some really great trauma work. Mm -hmm. And it just completely, like the war on drugs just completely fucked that shit up mm-hmm. um all of these psychedelics i think are considered a class uh equivalent to like cocaine and heroin scheduled one yeah so like if you get busted with this kind of stuff you're you are gonna face some really serious time felony yeah yeah felony yeah <laughs> yeah adrian just looked at me and was like felony felony <laughs> it's a felony it's insane and it's really scary and sad i think the tr- the Studies you're talking about, MAPS is a great organization who has more information about all this. It's the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Mm -hmm. And they are funding through um, sponsorship these treatment, these trial treatments. They have now passed the trial treatment phase of, it's the the Midheffers. Those are two uh, psychiatrists who are married who were giving these therapeutic sessions. And now those two therapists are training the next generation of therapists to administer MDMA for the treatment of PTSD and it is working. If you know the comedian Duncan Trussell, mm-hmm. his father was um, a vet and was traumatized and he gave him, you know, he went through this treatment as well and he's like, a car backfires, he doesn't fall to the ground terrified anymore. Yeah. It has literally changed his molecular structure. So it's working yeah. and there's a lot of good people throwing money at it too because they believe in it. If you have... Um never done psychedelics at all what would be your advice to start either for somebody who's looking to have a good time Mm -hmm. and have like a safe time i want to say that first and foremost like i think everybody should take what they think is appropriate and like ease their way into it i would assume Mm -hmm. but what would be your advice for either somebody who wants to um use it instead of pharmaceuticals and or have fun so it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. I never give advice until I like feel a person out and I can feel what they're probably into. I met a female comic the other day with anxiety who was considering getting on like Xanax. And I was like, that's a daily thing that you take for your daily anxieties. Here is a CBD pen that is like has some THC in it, but is, it's called Calm by mm-hmm. Dosist. Mm-hmm. And you use it when you feel anxious. You don't take a pill every day to change your brain, you yeah. know, and then when you skip a day, you're, you're like insane. You just, when you feel anxious, you take a hit and then you calm down and then you figure out what the root of your problem is. Figuring out the root of your problem is a different psychedelic experience in and of itself. I went through two ayahuasca ceremonies. Oh, I would love to hear about that. I'm yeah. going to do another one. That was, I think, for people who are either going through currently trauma. I knew a couple of friends whose like parents were dying of cancer and they were just like preparing themselves emotionally. For me, it's trauma that has been sitting on me since I'm a kid violent trauma so it was a scary weird experience ayahuasca is not fun i feel like people think that you go to the desert and you have a really fun time with your friends and stuff there is vomiting and crying and horror in your brain and then your brain shows you what life could be so you come out of it on the other side energetic and focused and happy and and just like ambitious and and it's great That is like a one-time, five-hour experience that is expensive and arduous and incredibly difficult to get through. 
So that's for somebody who's like deeply has a deep problem for which mm-hmm. they've been having therapy for a long time or been on pills for a long time. Cannabis is something that's like good for daily or, you know, a couple times a week for like just helping you stay happy. Mushrooms are great for depression. Yeah. I take mushrooms and go on hikes with people all the time and it's just like opens your world and makes you feel better. Microdosing LSD is definitely something that I've done with a lot more people lately and it has been really beneficial. I am an outdoor person, so I typically am like, you want to come on a hike with me and microdose. Mm -hmm. My husband and I took a microdose of acid two weeks ago in Tahoe when we were snowboarding and it definitely increased the experience because it's a lot of times it's fear rather than athletic ability that keeps you from doing fun things. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just takes the edge off of the fear and makes you feel like you can do anything. And I just had a wonderful, awesome, happy day in the sunshine and the snow, you know? So it's everybody's personal experience is different, but I always recommend a microdose of everything. Mm -hmm. Obviously, except ayahuasca, you can't really microdose that. DMT is for people who uh, have done a lot of things. So I don't recommend somebody who's never done anything to like dive into DMT. Mm-hmm. That shit will take you places. <laughs> That's we've we had uh, a comedian. Do you know Skylar Stone? Are you familiar with him? He's a comedian. I know in LA. of him. Yeah, he came on and he was talking about that. He actually went. Uh, where was it? Mexico. It was like Mexico or Peru. He yeah, like went he on went a retreat. For ayahuasca. He did, yeah, he did he ayahuasca. Did a whole th- as a as a way of of overcoming his, his addiction. Ad- mm-hmm. Addiction is a yeah. huge one. Yeah, it's so helpful. Yeah, that well that. That's what he said. He was like, it was crazy and it wasn't always fun and it wasn't always good. And a lot of things came up. But I mean, he's been sober for a, a good long while now because of it. And I think um, the DMT he was mentioning was really, really wild. Is that what it, DMT? DMT is in yeah. ayahuasca. Okay. Um, and it's like a more intense, long process because it's mm-hmm. mixed with other roots and stuff to make it last longer. DMT, when you smoke mm-hmm. it with something very hot, take a few hits of it, you get like 10 minutes max, maybe 30 if you go really deep. Yeah. But you're like gone. Like you lay back and you close your eyes and you're in another another world. The last time I did it, I, there were gnomes like doing stuff <sighs> ah. and like these reptilian people who were like, all right, you're done now. Get out of here. So it's it, everyone's experience is different and every yeah. time is different. Mm-hmm. Ayahuasca does have dimethyltryptoline and that's the mo- molecule that's released when you're born and when you die. So that's what it, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That's what he was talking about. I have a lot of friends who are doing it because they're like pre- preparing themselves for death so that they're not so anxious about it all the time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cause it's that anxiety of like death. I, I like to go outside when I do psychedelics a lot because I feel like a lot of our anxieties are built in. We don't go outside anymore. We don't fight for our lives or run for our lives or gather food. So I'm trying to like emulate that as much as possible, get back to, you know, the roots. And, but yeah, DMT in its purest form is, um, it's awesome and fun. It's not scary at all, but it's definitely, you know, takes you somewhere else. Ayahuasca is a long journey where you have to get through, it's going to show you the bad things you've done and the, and the bad things that have been done to you. And then, and then you get to come out on the other side. So they're very different experiences, but I recommend all of them for different people, yeah. you know? When you say uh, microdose, that's something that came up a lot mm-hmm. in my research. What is, I'm just assuming it's a smaller dosage, mm-hmm. but um, what would be considered a microdose of? It's different for each drug. So for okay. cannabis, I would say microdose is like one milligram. Okay. Typically, if you're doing, and this is for like edibles, if you're taking edibles, they recommend you start with five or 10 milligrams. A microdose will be one milligram. And there's edibles that do that. There's little sprays and tinctures and mints and stuff that are that dosage as well. Gets you started, takes the edge off. Um, it's anti-inflammatory, anti-anxiety. So it really just kind of like relax. It's like taking one sip of beer. 
like that's the equivalent that would mm -hmm. be a microdose for alcohol which is also a drug which i think should be scheduled in the same category as all of these drugs yeah. does a lot more damage than any other ones you know yeah, yeah it's really interesting actually i mean being in california um being here now for two years where Cal where cannabis is legal and celebrated in the state um <laughs> yeah. it's really interesting to see the different effects between alcohol and cannabis because mm -hmm. when i smoke cannabis i'm like um so i suffer from endometriosis which is like you know the worst form of the female I have pcos uh, there you go hi hello sister mm -hmm. um so it's literally like uh, for anyone who does not know the first two days of my menstrual cycle are literal pain mm -hmm. i go numb from the belly button down and it sucks um and for the longest time i was on a birth control to manage that and it did it did manage it but um i went off birth control for a different reason when i was a, when i was a kid not a kid i was like 24 mm -hmm. that's a and kid <laughs> i was a kid that's a baby that's a baby uh. um and i noticed like within the first few months of getting off of that hormone my mood was elevated my libido had increased like a lot of stuff that i was like oh, oh. wow and what was so <laughs> interesting was like i put on birth control right when i started having sex which i think is a common uh thing for young women especially mm -hmm. which i think is great because on one end it's like okay my teenage daughter is having sex all right this is 2000 and whatever like that's going to happen let me help her take the steps to make sure that she does not have to make a very difficult decision right mm -hmm. um but at the same time what is it like to be on a hormone while you're coming into this entire new experience of your life. So when I came off of uh, birth control for so long, I was like, I don't ever want to be on that again. And I've actually gone through process like times where I'm like, you know, these cramps fucking suck. Um, but let me, maybe I can just try birth control again. And every time I try it, I just, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm lethargic and I am just like sad and not myself. Mm -hmm. And all of my physicians were like, Okay, well, just, you know, you'll get used to it in three or six months. I'm like, no. Fuck that. Fuck that. Because I would get, I, oh my God. But um, I, I'm glad I'm off it. The only <laughs> thing that I can, that I've found now in California legally, which can help me, I'm talking go to work if I, if the first day of my period coincides with a work day, is like a CBD edible, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. I'll eat the whole thing. So like I'm, it has to be like 100 milligrams, mm -hmm. but no THC. So I'm not feeling any type of head high, but my body is finally relaxed. Like my muscles have released and I can work. There's still some discomfort there, but it's not se like searing pain. Yep. Um, so like that's my personal experience. And just seeing the effects between alcohol and weed, it's like alcohol, I feel, brings out the worst in people. Like no one ever smokes weed and like punches their girlfriend nope. or uh <laughs> smokes weed and yeah. uh, drives a car into like a telephone pole you know mm -hmm. what i mean like they order in yelp 42 or, or do yoga or do yoga oh, oh, have, you done, have you done have you done uh high yoga yet? yeah i've never done that before only because i'm i love yoga i'm a big yogi <laughs> yogi <laughs> so fucking la um but i've never done it high before because i feel like i, I just I, I'm curious. I, I, I think like I just want to curl up. I just want to curl up. <laughs> be like, I'd be in I'm shavasana for like an hour. Take a I, sativa. Oh yeah, I've done it's... definitely done CBD before. Like bar, I'm a dancer, so I prefer like that those kind of bar classes as opposed to yoga. It's a little too chill for me. Mm -hmm. um, but the CBD helps with the inflammation, so I'm just like looser when I get in there, more flexible mm -hmm. and a little bit more focused. And I'm not thinking about money and horrible things you know I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about how my arm feels or how i feel like i look like a bird from the side or you know just like funny you know it just yeah. keeps you keeps you present 
And that makes me really happy. I'm also a big fan of topicals. Do you ever try topicals? I have used topicals. I have this one topical ointment for my cramps yeah. that works fantastic. Monthly, and I also put I it on my, my my lower back, my shoulders, my tongue. I've given, I think I've given it to you, yeah. too, for headaches and stuff. I, I suffer from crazy migraines. So I've started. That's one of the reasons why I smoke so much weed um, <laughs> to be honest and it Microdosing manages mushrooms might be your best bet yeah because it's really really beneficial for migraines not enough to make yeah. you see colors or you know watch like the trees to... breathe but definitely a little tiny bit of a cap yeah, yeah. so that's what we were talking about microdosing yeah a i would totally I, I the, the when i first started getting like severe severe i mean i've had migraines my entire life and headaches since i was like a child but um but in college i was getting crazy crazy crippling migraines, right? crippling mm -hmm. and i would have to vomit Oof. to get over it and there was one time and after this i was like fuck this i gotta go to the doctor but i was at i was in college and i couldn't drive i was like blind and i actually like felt i was in i was at the theater of my school and i like fell to my knees and just purged all <gasps> everywhere like hands hands and knees just vomiting over and over and over again and then i went into the public bed like into the theater bathroom shut off all the lights and like curled up in a ball because i didn't know what else to do but after that i was like okay i'm gonna go see a doctor so they gave me um they were just like well you, do you have to throw up and then you start feeling better and i said yeah and he said well you're probably you're getting a migraine it triggers your stomach your stomach triggers more migraine mm -hmm. until you purge and then you're able to um get over it right so he just gave me an anti-nausea pill mm -hmm. and that helped but it also like knocked you out yep. it knocked you out it's what it's space but the thing is like with weed if you do just like enough of it like you can still function yep. and you get rid of the nausea and then you can get rid of the migraine yep and like you're not debilitated high oh. thc sativa is the best for yeah. headaches uh hey also i just would like to point out that uh we're two ladies who have a podcast you're a stand-up comedian all three of us have full-time jobs we all smoke weed yep. and we're productive <laughs> members of society yep. yeah it's Noon on a Saturday. Yep. We're, we're here, here and we're present. Yep. So <laughs> fuck them stereotypes. Yep. I hate that. I actually, I think it was over the holiday. My dad's like, oh, millennials. And I'm like, you know, I'm a millennial, right? And he's like, what? Yeah, I'm a millennial. I'm the top of the I'm year one of millennials. And I'm a contributing member to society. And I hate when they like. I hate when people are like, uh, millennial, whatever, like, oh, young people today. I'm like, young people today are kicking ass. I don't know anybody who's like sitting around doing nothing. You know what There's I mean? a difference between, I feel like, us and people 10 years younger than us who are also considered millennials. Mm. Oh, they, for sure. They have like a deeply ingrained sense of entitlement that makes them ask for things more than I think we did, but also like expect things too. So it's frustrating to be around. I understand yeah. it as a 33-year-old woman. I, I get when I'm watching it, listening to a 23-year-old, I'm like, God, you guys, you just think you just deserve everything. Do, I you, think. do you think that's part because of general, like, I feel like every generation is probably the generation after them. They're like, oh, they don't get it. Do you think it's like part that or do you do you think it's, do you blame social media or um internet and like things like that or do you think it's also just like part of that like we have more perspective i don't even think it's so much like um that it's the internet i think it's just like uh 
our parents, millennials' parents, uh, who weren't parented very much by their parents, mm-hmm. overparented us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, well, that's the whole, like, special snowflakes. I hate saying that. I hate, like, I actually almost vomited saying the word special snowflake. You, but you are a special snowflake. Uh, but no, I mean, it's true. <laughs> I think, like, we need to, I think, like, the generation before us, our parents' generation, were kind of taught a little bit more, like, um, oh, no, you're not that special and you don't deserve anything, whereas we were a little bit more celebrated, which I think is great because we've created some really fantastic things. I don't know. It's so hard to bulk people into a, like a, a big generation. It's true. Yeah, I, I experienced – I was a dancer my whole life, and I watched the change happen in dance competitions where it stopped being um, bronze, silver, gold. <clears throat> they had to add platinum and honorable mention because they needed to show – like, thank you for coming and paying money and your parents are angry. So here's your trophy, little kid yeah. who's not talented. And people who are truly talented, here's your platinum because you are actually a talented dancer and should continue to do this with your life. Yeah. And I like I literally watched that shift happen. And I remember when I started getting platinums and being like, What do you what metal even is what that? What is that? What does that mean? And yeah. then I got it because I I mean, I got a lot of hate from parents who like participated a lot in the studio and paid for you know random costumes or fun trips or whatever and they expected their child to be rewarded for that mm-hmm. regardless of their talent level i think we're not a meritocracy anymore we're very much a money driven status driven yeah. so i think to your whoever point, donates the most exactly yeah. so social media is definitely hurting that Definitely, because yeah. you feel like you've got clout. If you've got followers, you deserve things yeah. more so. And like, do you know who I am? No. No, I don't yeah. know who you are. What's your no. handle? No, I've never yeah. heard of you. Sorry. And they're like, what? <laughs> I like actually, like, it actually behooves me. I was on Instagram this morning, you know, just on the couch. And I'm just like looking. And there are these people that I meet in real life. And like, I'll follow them on Instagram. And I'm like, who the fuck do you have in your life who is taking these pictures of you? Who? Yeah, I know. Who do you schedule this out? Are you like, you know what? I think that my feed really needs some artsy pictures of me doing Picasso on the beach with a red scarf only. So like, let me make that happen. And I'm just like, how are you doing that? Max, yeah, Max and I um, are uh, my uh, my fiance and I are trying to plan this wedding, and we're trying to just congrats, Amanda got married. I I didn't get married. Oh, she 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 got engaged. (laughs) Got engaged. Uh, This is the Um, first announcement to our followers, actually. Guys, thank you. (laughs) It's fucking awkward. Yeah, I love it. Um, (laughs) So we're like, what are our priorities? And one of the one of the one of our priorities is our pictures. Mm And it's because he goes, you know, we're not really the couple who's like, could you take a picture of us against this wall? And we're just not those people. Like we awkwardly stand like it's 1996 and we smile next to the big bush of flowers. I don't know. Like it's not we we don't really do artsy pictures. But that's one of the reasons why we're like, well, we want a really good photographer because we're not those kind of people. Anyway, I want somebody who knows how to do that with awkward people. And pose you. <laughs> like pose us. Put your arm here. Yeah, like stand against this wall and not feel like a total asshole. Because that's I see things like that on social media. And there are certain things that are expected of you, especially when you're doing like comedy or you're 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 doing like something public. But it's so I can't I ugh, I like I feel awkward doing it. Yeah. I feel so awkward and i and i god bless you if you can do it and pull it off and like feel good about it you know my husband is um he's an instagram he's an instagram celebrity he gets recognized all the time starbucks window restaurants every airport we've ever been to like all the time he gets recognized because he's this dumb character and he's always doing it because he's a comedian who does a persona for instagram right oh cool and it's 
it's funny and it's funny and I'm tired of it. And um, <laughs> he actually woke up out of an ayahuasca ceremony and created that character. And I woke up out of an ayahuasca ceremony and created my web series that I did for a couple of years. So nice. this is this is from like deep rooted inside you. I believe I can do this, you know, and it takes over a lot of his life. And I just had to set boundaries like no phones at mealtimes. And if you're going to ask me to film something for you, please like tell me what your end goal is so that I don't waste my time creating it with you. Like, tell me what you want me to shoot and I'll shoot it. He also has his crew that does that for him. Yeah. And I'm like, and if you're going to do those loud voiceover videos that world star keeps sharing, you got to go down in the car to do that. You can't do that in the apartment anymore. Cause he's at like an 11 volume wise yeah. and it just, it reverberates to the apartment and it's small. And I'm like, I, I can't deal it. So that's how people like that are, are dealing with, with yeah he, he has to do this it's his job he makes money from this yeah so i have to respect that but i'm like you can't you can't ruin my life as well <laughs> so there's rules you know yeah i think that's just smart in general of of saying like there are certain i think uh, i was i forget what movie it was but somebody was was working with their wife and they said as soon as like we go to bed there's no more business talk mm -hmm. that you have to set that like that boundary of this is where we don't talk about mm -hmm. t like when i go home max and i sometimes will talk about t i work uh on a tv show as a pa and he's a writer's assistant on a tv show and we come home and then all we do is talk about tv and i'm like there has to be a point where we just stop and like talk about our feelings or like anything else other Drugs than structure just fyi yeah. <laughs> i mean that's well, actually, I wanted to loop back in because you just said something really interesting about ayahuasca, uh -huh. which is that uh, both you and your husband had these giant, like, creative aha moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember I had that. Um, I've had that, too, because I've, I've dabbled a little bit. I've talked on the podcast before, um, so I'm not going to bore anyone who has already heard this, these stories. Um, but I would love if you could tell a little bit about, like, how that process goes mm -hmm. or describe it as best you can. Um, just for anyone who's never done stuff like this and wants to know, like, for, like oh, creativity? wow. Yeah, for creativity yeah. purposes. <laughs> The ayahuasca experience in and yeah. of itself. And how it like was like, it put that light switch on. I got lucky my first time doing ayahuasca. They call it the grandmother drug. Yes, I've heard that before. And like the Pocahontas tree. Yeah. Ooh. And my actual grandmother, who's been dead since I'm 12, came to me. Aw. In like live and living color to the point where I said, oh my God, hi. And I guess my eyes were open. So the, there's guardians like to make sure you don't wander off in the desert or whatever. And the guardian was walking by. And I remember they, they bent down. They were like, hi, everything oh. OK? And then I was like, not you. And they, they know they get it. So they, he was like, OK. And he just walked away. And then he came over later and saged me. You know, they just they, they sense energy in the, tent, in the tent and come, you know, take care of you. So I'm and then I started vomiting and then I see my grandmother and uh, no speaking. It's all like visual. And she's showing me. She's just kind of like gesturing and it's showing these visions of things that I've done about which I feel shameful. And it was rough to watch. It was like conversations. I remember like, you know, bird's eye view watching them just being like, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that. Or like, here's an opportunity I blew. It's like an image of me, like putting a backpack on, walking up to a college campus. And like, I went to like a commuter school. I didn't really have that awesome college experience because I fucked up and, you know, so that was like a reminder. I was like, oh, God, I was feeling bad. And every time that bad feeling comes, you throw up or you cry or you shake or some people laugh or or like giggle or scream or whatever. They take the screamers outside, just FYI. It's their job, you know. Or they tell yeah. you to come over and they're like, take it inside. And that means like, shut the fuck up. You're affecting everyone. There's 30 people in this tent. And um, then 
my mom showed up and they had a tumultuous relationship and it was them like holding each other, looking at me like we've forgiven each other. Forgive yourself without saying anything. That was the feeling. Forgive yourself. Here's what you're capable of. And then it was like after a storm when the sky cracks open and you start to see light and it starts to spread. And then all of a sudden the images were like me, like behind a camera, like doing clapping and like a, with a fucking what do you call the it? clapper, the, the clapper, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the slate, the slate, <laughs> slating. We got there, guys. You know? We did like we did charades, <laughs> like the thing with the, the clap, yeah. and then like and then like being on camera and like it was me watching me, who I looked way thinner by the way in my images, just like talking on camera and blah blah blah, and um and then like there's like flashes and I look and I saw like my now husband was there. He wasn't involved. Did he you know just, him yet? Yeah, yeah, we've been together six and a half years. So oh, this nice. is we had we did this together. He was on the other side of the tent from me, and um, he said he had similar. You know, it was like you did this bad, blah, you did this bad. Blah. He didn't see his grandmother, and then he said he saw himself like doing a lot of videos and a lot of like crazy things and flying a lot of places and and hosting a lot of places. And I saw myself on stage, you know, doing more stand up. And again, I looked way better in my images than I ever have in real life. Mm. Um, and then like I woke up and I was like, I gotta like film something and i had a roommate at the time who was living with me and i was like do you want to do like a web series and she was like fuck yeah and i'm doing like producing a web series and like kind of directing and and being talent on camera and stuff and my husband like took just ran with that he was just like i'm supposed to do this whatever this is i feel like i'm supposed to do it mm -hmm. um and it was like such a big rush the second time we did ayahuasca we had uh, just lost a friend to accidental suicide Oof. um and it, we were both like in a really dark place and I ended up seeing that friend in the sky. I went outside to go like cry at the stars, I guess. And he like showed up with like a party cup, like he was busy at a party. <laughs> and he was Stop basically like, it's fine. I don't want you to feel bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he started to go away and then he came back and he was like, you're fat. <laughs> That's like, what he said up. to you? But obviously that was my problem. Like I was, I felt that about myself and it was like it, compounding with feeling sorry about his loss and there's I, I didn't affect it I didn't cause him to do that I feel like I could have saved him maybe but he was across the country but it was a totally different ayahuasca experience but I saw the world end when I came back inside in the tent like like earth cracking open lava destruction and I felt something in my hand and it, it was like way and they're chanting the whole time and it was way after when I finally felt who was holding my hand and I looked and it was my now husband and I told him that after I was like, I saw the world end and you were there holding my hand. And he was like, I had a very similar experience. And we were like, should we get married? And he Aww. was like, we should get, we should get married. Yeah, Aww. we should get married. So that's literally like how we proposed to each other was after ayahuasca, knowing that no matter what happens when the world ends, we're going to be there for each other. And that was, it wasn't necessarily creative that second time, but it was like, settling like we were just like we're going to be with each other now and we don't have to worry about what the future holds because it's going to be just you and me you know and i knew that the fat thing was weighing on me so i went and got myself checked out it turns out i have pcos polycystic ovarian syndrome which was making me carry weight in my belly and be in pain all the time and be in this hormonal whatever whatever and I, if i hadn't been like what's wrong with me why am i getting fat because i've never been fat before I wouldn't have found out all these things about my body and would be progressing as I am now. So it kind of like made me take responsibility for, for things in my life as well. Sure. So every experience is different. The first one was so much more about creativity and you know, your, your art. And the second one was very much life focused. Mm -hmm. Do you use, um, 
any psychedelics on a daily basis um, or not on a daily basis necessarily, but to inspire your art? Yeah. Cannabis. Yeah. 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 Acid mostly is um, to get back to myself outside. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people do acid and stay inside or do acid and write papers or write, you know, scripts and stuff like that. And that definitely works. Silicon Valley is using acid a lot for just like coding and being smarter in that regard. I don't like to look at screens when I'm on psychedelics, even cannabis, to be honest with you. I don't like screens at all. Oh, I hate screens. I'm on them all the fucking time. Yeah. And yeah. I crave the outdoors. Yes. Always. And that's what the drugs make me do is make me plan to go outside mushrooms i can't do shit all i can do is giggle and stumble around and be happy and climb a mountain i can i can hike six miles on mushrooms where ordinarily i would be panting a half mile in and, and yeah. not be able to but it makes you like what's at the top i gotta see you know and you got your friends and everyone's giggling makes you do things you didn't know you could do and then at the result i would feel is definitely you can write more and you're funnier mm -hmm. but i don't do it like with the intention of doing that i find one thing i can all contribute which i don't think i've said before but the couple times i have done these experiences um mushrooms particularly um i've had great experiences with friends on mushrooms um friends who have like gone uh we've done like cabin getaways mm -hmm. and whatnot and um i've just found that i'm uninhibited with my comedy like i will just like pitch a joke like sometimes i find like when i'm trying to make people laugh in a group setting i'm not trying to make people laugh but i'm like you know as a comic you are always looking for a joke you yep. know what i mean I'm always just, on I'm not, I'm not i'm not always on i'm not actively trying to like oh how am i gonna make all my friends laugh but i am <laughs> but you are you're always on but i find that when i've been on uh, these psychedelics i've just been like boom 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 like i don't give a Frank shit out. yeah exactly you're probably just I not remember... self-editing no like that's it you're just saying you're trusting <laughs> what you want to say i remember so my one of my best experiences ever uh, on mushrooms was when i was 25 and i uh had just lost my job I was 24, I think. I was about to turn 25. I just lost my job, went up to a, a cabin with my friends in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, and um, we got some mushrooms, and some friends were going to do them. Some weren't, but that was okay. I knew and loved every single person there. I was familiar with the cabin. I'd been up there many times before. We had our mushrooms, and it was just a blast. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember two things. One is that my friend Karen like disappeared for a while, and then I was just I like, know this story and, and I love it. And I was just like <laughs> with my friend Colin, we were listening to music, and it was really nice. And I just go, I'm like, where's Karen? And like as if on cue, she runs in from the porch, and she's just like, guys, guys gotta come listen to these trees right now <laughs> and then there was another instance where my friend rob who had elected not to take the drug and again going back to our original point which is like consent and you know agreeing and figuring out what you want to do he was like no you know you guys have fun i'm just gonna like make some food he was just peeling potatoes and i don't know like i was my timeline was all screwed up but i just like go to someone i'm like i feel like rob is gonna be peeling potatoes in that place for the rest of his life and like it <gasps> killed i don't know it doesn't make sense now in any context but he just was like i could have sworn he was peeling potatoes for like three hours <laughs> but it was just so great and it's just such a wonderful environment mm -hmm. and the cabin was like outdoors and they had like a lovely wraparound um porch so you could go outside and you could like be with the trees and the stars it's so nice i want to go there yeah it's really nice. my friend rob's family's cabin it was so nice hey rob <laughs> thanks for listening to the podcast also <laughs> gp on the road gp on the road <laughs> well i hear joshua tree is similar here joshua tree yeah. is it's pretty dope that's where i got engaged it is that's the where most, i do ayahuasca oh my god it is fucking 
insane. It's got a lot of it's like insane. energy. I feel I'm not really one of those hippy dippy people, but like you can, it's like buzzes oh, yeah. when you roll into town. Yeah, mm. like a lot of stuff, positive it, and negative, goes on yeah. here. You know, it just it feels yes, it does feel like that. It's in every you're if when you're driving through Joshua Tree, it's the Mojave Desert and the Colorado Desert, right? And they meet in the middle. And you drive through Joshua Tree and you're seeing these huge boulder formations and they're gorgeous. And you see these Joshua Trees and Joshua Trees are just like ridiculous looking. They're so cool. They're so cool. Like Dr. Seuss. It's like silly. Isn't it's, that they're how silly. Dr. Seuss got it? Well, Dr. Seuss is from L.A. or mm-hmm. from California, right? That's how he got all those like fun trees. The tree. inspiration. Yeah, the inspiration. Probably. Right. Probably. Probably I did mean, ayahuasca in Joshua Trees. Like, <laughs> I need like, to write uh, children's uh, books. Show all the kids. 100%. But it's <laughs> in, it's absolutely gorgeous. And some of the things that we saw were – it's amazing to drive through and see how it changes when you get to a certain elevation, mm-hmm. the kind of vegetation that grows. So day one, we were we were sober the whole day. I wanted to, That was the day we got engaged. That's what I wanted to do, you know. And that for the most part. And then um, the next day I was just like, let's fucking smoke a little bit and drive around and like see what we see. Like I don't want to be like <laughs> obliterated so mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. But like let's drive around. We got to this cactus area that is just like these little fuzzy cactuses. And it's like Dr. Seuss. You're just like this is the silliest thing. Mm-hmm. These are so silly. Look how silly you are. And I was just like, this is so silly. This is the silliest place I've ever been. I love it here. Like, let's move. <laughs> I'm done. What well, houses like, are like five bucks out there? Yeah, right? they're like five bucks. But that's the thing. Like, they have you, meth labs in the back, have, a lot of them. But, yeah, you know. yeah, you may explode. <laughs> so it comes with its own small business yeah. that's thriving. Yeah. That's thriving. <laughs> yeah, you could you could do, you know, you make your own hours. It's ten ninety nine that yeah. whole section. Yeah, it's great. That's great. But when you're when you're going through what would be so cool is if you're if you're doing something that's visual like mushrooms or acid to be able to see that change mm-hmm. and from going from the Mojave Desert into the Colorado Desert and it's so different like it's all of a sudden dope. you're like boom and it's these massive mountains and it's flat but then these gorgeous red red mountains mm-hmm. that are just Unfreaking believable! It's insane. I would love to be able to go. I, I was as soon as I, we got there, I was like, "I'm coming back." I might plan a little, little getaway in March oh my for God. my. You can get there and back in a day. It's, I know. Yeah, it's not That's that. Nice. It's not that bad. Tahoe, I, I couldn't. I would definitely on the ski lift when we started geeking a little bit. We only take, by the way, microdose of acid is like a sixteenth of a tab. Mm-hmm. We took an eighth because we've been microdosing, so I needed a little, little, little more oomph that day, and like it's just like. Took my breath away with the sparkling snow oh, and the lake and the mountains and stuff, and I was like, "Holy fuck, we're here!" Because our New Year's resolution, New Year's Eve, we were like, "We got to see snow this year. I want to mm. snowboard this year." And then we went to a party that night, and our friends who were coming with us were like, "Hey, we have this Airbnb in Tahoe in a few weeks, oh. and these two people bailed. Do you want to come?" And I was like, "We made that happen <laughs> with magic." So I was like, "Yes, that is a yes. That's a yes, one hundred percent yes." And we just fucking made it happen, and it was like a lot cheaper because we went with like another couple, you know, mm-hmm. and the acid made it. So much better because I typically you snowboard for two days and my first day is spent a lot of time like falling and re- remembering how to do it. Cause it's been five years since I've snowboarded. Yeah. And like that fear when I go fast and then I sit on purpose because I'm scared. The acid just took that edge right off. I was I was running greens, you know, a couple hours and really freaking excited to be doing it. And then my husband and I were like touchy feely and happy. And we ended up, sorry, TMI having sex later because it's yeah. awesome when you're on, you know, a little bit of psychedelics. Not when you're geeking. That's a... 
that's a weird experience. Some people do it. Some people do it. But like when you're coming down, you know, and took a little indica, take the edge off, have some pretzels and che- cheat on your PCOS diet because it's Tahoe and that's what you can do. I burst a cyst on the way home. That's, <sighs> yeah. So maybe I don't cheat on my diet as much anymore. Psychedelics are helping me with that. Helping me stay focused on my crazy diet that I have to eat. Sorry, I'm oh. fucking with the cord. That's, that's okay. okay. <laughs> um, one thing I would like to talk to you about because we only have a few more minutes left is um, I, so I have done acid before. Mm-hmm. I had a very bad experience. Not oh. a bad experience but not the best. Um, it, and I think it was a lot of a lot of things there are a lot of reasons why. So like if you were to meet someone like me who had a bad experience like what would you like what would you say to them just to like kind of ease them back in? Um, I know you had mentioned earlier that you kind of have like mother hen a couple people like yeah. on their trips. So like, what does that involve? Like a hundred people. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you, they should, you should be get like a certification me... now. I don't know that about that because I don't want to do it with uh, multiple times. And I'm I, and I am safe. I'm and I'm kind, but I don't want to be your therapist. You know, oh, sure. I want to do the drug part with you, teach you how to microdose and dose yourself out accordingly, and add on accordingly. Gear that you should bring. I'm a big fan of water backpacks for hiking or sure. for being on drugs and stuff just fyi but don't overhydrate on molly there's a lot depends on who you are um but i feel like i had a really bad experience on acid a couple years ago too i just took too much and now i'm like just you can always take more you know and by the way prepare to have your whole night is acid but when i need to stay up all night that's what i do is a little bit of acid and then i can stay awake till 6 a.m no problem um <sighs> I lost my train of thought. No, it's okay. Mother Henning trying to like get people to like to accept it after having a bad experience. Yeah. Just tow yourself in and and decide what you really think you might need to get out of the experience. And then I gauge it accordingly. I pretty much would start everybody on like a sixteenth or an eighth of a tab of acid or like a sixteenth of um, mushrooms. If you have a headache, I would recommend a decigram. That's 0.1 grams. Food scales are helpful for these things as well. And um, just make sure the environment is good. Like I said, I'm an outdoor person. A lot of people mm-hmm. aren't into that. I like to hike, hike, hike. But I have a friend who likes to like walk a little and then like chill and like watch nature for a while and sometimes put on like a mindfold, which is where like it blacks out everything and you just go inside. When I do that, I see aliens. So I don't always sure. want to do that. Sure. You know, like gray, gray beings and stuff. So I prefer to have the trees yell at me and tell me to get my shit together rather than aliens doing that. But like everybody's different. You just got to, I just listen when they're going through and everything is like, okay, yeah, it's okay. You need to throw up. Sure. You're probably not going to. Yeah, you just dry heave a little. Okay, there you go. Like, I just, like, talk you through it. Do you feel like you need to drink some water? Yeah? Okay, drink some water. Because I had a Molly guru. And when I felt like I had to throw up the first time on Molly, I ended up asking him if it was okay. He was like, you feel like you need to throw up? Did you eat before this? And and I was like, yeah. And he's like, next time don't do that. But, yeah, go throw up. And then I came back and I was like, I feel like I need something. And he's like, drink some water and go to the dance floor. And then tell me if you feel that way again. What I needed was to drink water and dance. So, you know. Sometimes you got to dance it out. Yep. You know. Especially on Molly. So I would just like, if you are someone who does drugs and you want to help your friends, little bits, listen to them, what they like to do, their environment. If someone said, I like to watch movies on acid, I'd have a really hard time participating because I don't really like screens. But I would probably like dose out their acid and tell them who they should go with you know mm-hmm. the environment environment is so important and water environment yeah. is, is is very important mm-hmm. you should be surrounding yourself by people that make you are that love you yep. that care about you they're looking out for your best interests because just like in real life if you surround people who aren't don't have your best interests at heart things will suck yeah and go to raves that's a good place where a lot of people are doing what you're doing and everyone's happy and having a good time yeah Raves are fun. You haven't been to one. I haven't. I need to do lots of stuff. Yeah. I need to get out there. Dip your toe in. I went uh, sober my first rave. 
yeah. just to see what people were like Rave, on stuff. Raves are great sober. I mean, if you're like one of those people that's just like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I've been to plenty and I haven't done anything. I walk around asking people, hi, you're fine. What are you on? Molly <laughs> and a little ketamine. Cool. Okay, cool. So cool. that's what this is like. Okay. Yeah. What are you on? Cocaine. Yeah, I could have probably figured that out. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good on the. I, I don't do coke. That. I'm good on the coke. My nose was way too expensive, so I don't do up the nose stuff. Not not knocking it, but like you know, I'm Jewish. You know? I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. That's what. Well, that was that was Joshua Trees. Like the first day, I wanted to see like what it was mm-hmm. first, and like just be present and have have that. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I was like, I I want to enhance this experience. I don't want to be. You know, I don't want to melt into a couch. I just want to be able to look at things and just kind of laugh and be ta- and like have my breath taken away mm-hmm. at another level. Mm-hmm. And that's all it really that's all that is. You know what I mean? For, you know, in that experience of 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 wanting to see things sober and then experience them in a different way. And it just sounds like it's just ways of having it like good positive experiences definitely you know and just enhancing something that you already enjoy mm-hmm. you know and also be in a good place because also i think just another t- another psa um <laughs> if you are in a sad depressed place if you're going through a breakup if there's a recent a loss of a family member or a friend um be aware that anything that you do will most likely exacerbate your feelings yeah yeah so you know be honest that's always been my that's always been a big fear of mine yeah and one of my biggest concerns about psychedelics in particular um is that will i be in a good space and i asked that question a lot when i was drinking a lot mm. because when i drink i am not my best self yeah. um, and i, I can have anyone yeah. i mean like so yesterday people came over max's family's in town people came over they all brought champagne champagne to me is like a great buzz mm-hmm. and like but i don't want to do whiskey anymore mm-hmm. and i don't want to do something like super serious because i just am sad i just become sad so it's when a depressant I, it's a depressant yeah so when you when you're that's your only form of i don't want to say like your only drug or like it's the main thing you're consuming that alters your state and you think that your altered state is sad and depressed and crying then other things don't seem like a good idea. You're like, I'm going to see someone's face melt off and then I'm going to try to rip off my own face. Like that's what I, oh, that's what I, Hey, assumed. also like another thing too is like, if you've ever done mushrooms or acid before, you never like, are like, you know what make this Tuesday afternoon even better? <laughs> if I just could, you know, kick up my feet and take a couple doses of acid or mushrooms. Nah. Yeah. You know, whereas with alcohol, alcohol becomes like very um, habitual yeah. thing. Makes and you it's sedentary. Easy. It's easy access, right? Yeah. And before you know it, you've gained 25 pounds. Yeah. Jackie. <laughs> Younger Jackie. Younger Jackie. I do kid. like a nice beer after mushrooms, though. Oh, for it's sure. Refreshing. It. It's really nice. It's a really nice body buzz. It takes you down a little bit. Makes everything stop kind of being a little jumpy. You know. Nice. That's good. I Highly love a nice cool. Hey, I love a nice cool beer. I love yeah. a glass of wine. I can't have more than that. Same. Yeah. yeah. I really can't. I have one co- a nice gin cocktail. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. fuck with that. I, I'll do a gin. I'm a allergic gin to gin. I can't do gin. No. Yeah. Well, you know. But I okay. can have one drink. But the diet that I'm on is like everything builds androgens, builds cysts. So I have to just be pretty clean all the time yeah um kind of boring plug some things you want to plug i have a weekly cannabis talk show on prohibited that's uh their facebook page right now and it's called bud box live and i interview people in the cannabis industry and we smoke cannabis we roll cannabis we talk about cannabis news so if you are into cannabis (laughs) tune into (laughs) prohibited and my handle is cradrian c-r-a-y-d-r-i-e-n-n-e and i sometimes tweet 
And I sometimes getting over the social media, but uh, sometimes I do stuff. <laughs> Man, Twitter sucks. Yeah, and Twitter's I'm more rough. on Instagram these days. Yes. I know because we're millennials. Yeah, yeah. I Adrian, like the visual. Thank you so much for thank coming on this you. podcast. It was really informative, and you guys can find all of our information in the description of this episode. Heck yeah! Thanks, Thanks so much. much. Thanks for listening. Yeah, woo! It was great. That was so much fun.